What's up, everyone, and welcome to another fantastic episode of the Revely Revival Podcast. Did you just laugh? Yeah, man, I was thinking about <laughs> <laughs> Okay, guys, um, today we're going to be talking about paradoxes in faith, particularly uh, reading through John chapter 9, uh, just discussing things that, yeah, just discussing things that um, we believe Christians uh, either struggle with understanding um, or just uncovering some truths uh, that God, we feel God wants us to, uh, to understand about uh, the life he created for us. Um, but yeah, we're reading through John chapter 9, um, and it's actually a pretty interesting story. Um, I was reading through Jesus. it and I healed the blind. Uh huh. I like, I'd heard the story of Jesus healing the blind man a lot. Who's uh blind from birth. I feel like I've heard it a lot, but, uh, I was studying it and I feel like it was just different this time I studied it. I don't know. You know, what's was, crazy. Uh, yeah. What? I haven't even got to this part in the Bible. I just been oh, re- reading through it linearly. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a little ways down, all the way in New Testament. So you're re- you're reading it linearly. How far along are you? Well, I'm studying it. I like I've started studying it and like actually trying to take bits and pieces out of it uh-huh. and writing down thoughts as I read. So I'm in Genesis. Five or six right now. Nice. Yep. And like, that's just me whenever I study it. Like, I'll study it and then I'll read some of it. Whenever I read the Bible, like, just up and randomly read, I'll read just anything. Like, it can be my daily verse and I'll read that little line and I'll go to the and finish off the rest of the chapter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but whenever I study it, I do it like linearly. Yeah. And I'm on a. I feel like it's Genesis. good, like you're saying, to just get a daily kind of exposure to to God, to God's presence. Like whether it's worship or um, whether it's worship, whether it's the daily verse of the day, whether it's actually going and studying it in depth because you have more time. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's really important just to constantly be immersing yourself in God's word because whenever you wait enough time I guess everyone has their own kind of clock on them for how long it takes but when you wait enough time um, I feel like it's really easy to forget how to put into practice all the things that uh, God talks about through his word or that God will reveal to you in times where you're just kind of praying or or meditating on the things he's done in your life and so I feel like it's really easy to just lose touch with his plan and his will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but reading through this here. So basically for anyone who does not know, because I've heard this story a lot and battle, have you uh, heard this um, story? Jesus healing the blind. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, so we're familiar with it, but I, I feel like some people are like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> I've never heard this. 
can't say everyone's heard this. So I understand some people haven't uh, heard of this or a lot of people haven't heard of this story. Um, but basically there's a man who was born blind and he's uh, like a beggar on the side of the road. And everyone in town knows that he's been born blind. Um, and they just know that he's the beggar on the side of the road. And uh, Jesus is going by and, and there's these uh, Pharisees by him uh like walking along with him and the pharisees are trying to like peg jesus for messing up and they basically say like hey jesus like this kid's been born blind his whole life like who sinned to cause him to be born blind was it him was it his parents and uh jesus says something super interesting um because he's trying to say like um, so he's put in a difficult situation. They're trying to say, trying to get him to say something that contradicts the law. Um, trying to get him to like peg people for sinning, uh, like corner him in his own words. And so, but he obviously understands what they're going to say before they even say it. And he says something really interesting in this moment. He says, the uh child the kid the guy um hasn't like put this blindness or this uh deficiency on himself and neither of his parents but he was like created that way by god so that god's work could be revealed basically yeah so jesus could come and fulfill god's word Mm -hmm. and this is whenever I was studying the, um, whenever I was studying the question of why did God create man if he loves him and doesn't want him to suffer? Why did God create man in a world full of suffering? Whenever I was studying that, this is one of the main locations in the Bible that were referenced in answering that question. Um, because basically he's saying this guy has been suffering his whole life. But ultimately, the ultimate purpose of it was for God to do work um, and for his glory to be revealed, basically. Exactly. Which is pretty, pretty you know, cool. But God just wants you to experience his miraculous work. Uh, you know, I, well, there's a saying, God will beat you to his knees until you come to him. Like. That applies in that situation as well. Like, wait, hold sometimes, up. What, what's this saying? I haven't never heard of this. God will beat you on uh, onto your knees until you come to Him. It says, "Well, you ever heard the?" Uh, I can't exactly quote it, but I know it's like God straightens the paths of who He loves, and He uh, disciplines those who He loves. Okay, you know. Yeah, like a like a of, parent disciplining their child. Like, if they're not disciplining you and letting you get into all this stuff that's really self-destructive, they're not actually loving you. Exactly. Okay. Whenever you said God will beat you, I was like, wait a second, I haven't heard this yeah, one before. With, with the with with life. Well, I feel like, like the the connotation there. We is serve. Off. We serve a jealous God, and. We serve a complex God, right? Mm-hmm. 
And wh what I'm saying is, like, sometimes God will bring you through that storm just so, because he, God knows us before, we, he knew us before we were born, when we were conceived in the womb, he knew what he had our plan laid out. And sometimes when we're, we're in this world, we get distracted from that. And, and it takes a storm for us to go through to bring us back to him when things are so bad in your life. And, and it, it just takes a full 180 and they start and they start just clearing up. You, you can't look and find any other explanation besides saying it had to be God. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, like that's like sometimes it, and it's that is written. It says the Bible, the Bible says uh, God disciplines who he loves. So that a lot of times when you're going through, uh, you know, a lot of suffering and you're you're enduring a lot, he's building your character. It's all part of the plan. Mm. Uh, for anyone curious, Hebrews twelve six, because the Lord disciplines the one He loves, uh, and He chastens everyone He accepts as His son. But I feel like the saying of like God beats everyone, uh, at least in the oh. English language it loses the meaning of God will God will always try to show you that he is the best person to trust and put all of your trust in. And so whenever you start putting your trust in things that can't sustain you or can't fulfill your life, he'll show you that in a loving way, in a caring way, just like your parents would, but not in like a, like a, beating way like he hates you and is angry yeah i'm not like not like god's gonna come down from the heavens and just i know you weren't saying that you. i was just saying the saying in the english language it sounds yeah, a little weird but it's like it's just the saying because when we're saying like beats you down it's like because i know i'm a let's be up front like i haven't been through my stuff in my life that made me, I had no choice but to drop to my knees, yo. Like, I had, and, and just pray to God and be like, just help me, get me out of this, or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. And it's sometimes, because you, you can get, it's so easy to get distracted in this world. Sometimes God has to snap you back to him. And, and he'll try to love it in the caring way first. Because that's just the father. That's how he is. He'll come to you in love and care. But like I said, it is written, God, he will discipline who he loves. And, and so our, it's all in our love, destiny. like you're saying. Yes. Yes, it's all in love. Um, it's, it's always all in love. Not just mm -hmm. for his own pleasure, but always Yeah, because he he's like the fullness of love. So even like it kind of goes back to that question of, how can you go through crazy things in life, like family members dying or losing a job or, you know, having like a, a mental uh, kind of illness that you're dealing with? Like, how can God let that happen if he loves you and he's full of love? Exactly. Well, I think you, you kind of have to look at the fact that hey. you're not. What were you saying? I was about to say, if this will help. I can like share. I can I can share some of my story, yo. Dude, if, yes. Like, cause I I've never been so focused on God that like I've never been so focused on God that I am right now. All right, mother deceased, father not in my life, brother chose the streets, brother other brother chose the streets, 
other sister chose the streets. My family, they just don't choose to serve God. Every, I literally, like, I'm literally, like, nine times out of ten, I'm literally by myself. It's just me and God. All, like, everybody got, it seemed like everybody was extracted from my life. Because, like, they were, and I, I just realized this the other day. When I, I was, man, I was going through it, bro. I just realized this the other day. And I was like, so there, it, there, it can't be so coincidental that everybody's just leaving, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, there has to be some type of plan or outline to this. And then it dawned on me, and it was like, maybe they were all distractions. Because it, it makes sense. I've never been so focused on God in my life right now. And it's, it's, that's just the love of God. He do, he'll, he'll, rather me have, he'll rather me suffer here than for the rest of eternity. Mm-hmm. Like he's giving me right here so I can spend the rest of eternity with him. That's what he does for all of his children. God will move things accordingly where they need to be for the for the uh the greater outcome all through love. Mm-hmm. And that's just a little bit of my testimony. Yeah, I think some people can go like, hey. I have this like really difficult life just like you and you know there's no possible way that God could turn it for good <laughs> no possible way God could turn it for good cuz I'm basically a nobody and like he's God and I'm going through this difficult stuff cuz you know no one really knows who I am and no one is really going to care um not that you have to be popular but like Basically having the idea that you don't have a great purpose. What's up, everyone? And welcome to another fantastic episode of the Reveille Revival Podcast. Did you just laugh? Yeah, man. I was just thinking about <laughs> <laughs> Okay, guys. Um, today, we're going to be talking about paradoxes in faith, particularly uh, reading through John chapter 9, uh, just mm-hmm. discussing things that, yeah. Just discussing things that um, we believe Christians uh, either struggle with understanding um, or just uncovering some truths uh, that God, we feel God wants us to, uh, to understand about uh, the life he created for us. Um, but yeah, we're reading through John chapter 9, um, and it's actually a pretty interesting story. Um, I was reading through it, and I healed the blind. Uh Uh-huh. I, like, I'd heard the story of Jesus healing the blind man a lot, who's uh, blind from birth. I feel like I've heard it a lot, but uh, I was studying it, and I feel like it was just different this time I studied it. I don't know. You know what's crazy? uh, Yeah, what? I haven't even got to this part in the Bible. I just been oh, reading, reading through it linearly. Been, yeah. Yeah, it's a little ways down. All the way in New Testament. So you're re- you're reading it literally. How far along are you? Well, I'm studying it. I like I've started studying it and like actually trying to take bits and pieces out of it. Uh-huh. And writing down thoughts as I read. So I'm in Genesis five or six right now. Nice. Yep. And like, that's just me. Whenever I study it, like I'll study it and then I'll read some of it. 
whenever I read the Bible, like just up and randomly read, I'll read just anything. Like it can be my daily verse and I'll read that little line and I'll go to the and finish off the rest of the chapter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but whenever I study it, I do it like linearly. Yeah. And I'm on uh I feel like it's Genesis. good like you're saying to just get a daily kind of exposure to to God, to God's presence. Like whether it's worship or um whether it's worship, whether it's the daily verse of the day, whether it's actually going and studying it in depth because you have more time. Um mm-hmm. I think that's really important just to constantly be immersing yourself in God's word. Because whenever you wait enough time, I guess everyone has their own kind of clock on them for how long it takes, but when you wait enough time, um I feel like it's really easy to forget how to put into practice all the things that uh, God talks about through his word or that God will reveal to you in times where you're just kind of praying or, or meditating on the things he's done in your life. And so I feel like it's really easy to just lose touch with his plan and his will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but reading through this here, so basically for anyone who does not know, because I've heard this story a lot. And Battle, have you uh, heard this um, story? Jesus healing the blind? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, so we're familiar with it, but I, I feel like some people are like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> I've never heard this. Can't say everyone's heard this. So I understand some people haven't uh, heard of this or a lot of people haven't heard of this story. Um, but basically there's a man who was born blind and he's, uh, like a beggar on the side of the road and everyone in town knows that he's been born blind. Um, and they just know that he's the beggar on the side of the road and, uh, Jesus is going by and, and there's these, uh, Pharisees by him, uh, like walking along with him and the Pharisees are trying to like peg Jesus for messing up. And they basically say, like, hey, Jesus, like, this kid's been born blind his whole life. Like, who sinned to cause him to be born blind? Was it him? Was it his parents? And uh, Jesus says something super interesting um, because he's trying to say, like, um, so he's put in a difficult situation. They're trying to say trying to get him to say something that contradicts the law, um, trying to get him to like peg people for sinning, uh, like corner him in his own words. And so, but he obviously understands what they're going to say before they even say it. And he says something really interesting in this moment. He says, the, uh, the kid, the guy, um, hasn't, like put this blindness or this uh, deficiency on himself and neither of his parents, but he was like created that way by God so that God's work could be revealed basically. Yeah. So Jesus could come and fulfill God's word. Mm -hmm. And this is whenever I was studying the, um, 
whenever I was studying the question of why did God create man if he loves him and doesn't want him to suffer? Why did God create man in a world full of suffering? Whenever I was studying that, this is one of the main locations in the Bible that were referenced in answering that question. Um, because basically he's saying this guy has been suffering his whole life, but ultimately the ultimate purpose of it was for God to do work, um, and for his glory to be revealed basically. Um, in John chapter nine, actually later on, um, the Pharisees allude to how they don't trust Jesus at all because they don't know anything about him. And he's basically a nobody in this story. And all these people are like, Hey, he's this like prophet and he's performing all these miracles. And they're like, who's Jesus? Like we, uh, like we believe in the story of Moses. He was this big popular dude. He was like, used to be a prince of Egypt and, uh, kind of had this whole movement of taking the Israelites out of Egypt and it was this great thing. And so we totally believe that if we can hold on to that, but this Jesus dude, like he came out of Bethlehem, this tiny city, he's this tiny person. No one really knows about him until now. Like we can't really believe that because it's too small, but I feel like God wants to say to those kind of people in whatever season of life they're in, like God's going to use you for something great. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. You know, I think, you know something, I think a lot of people, I don't think a lot of people, like, take heed to the fact that Jesus was, uh, Jesus was poor. He was from the slums. Uh-huh. Jesus was from the worst. Like, when we, maybe that's, like, why like so many people uh, oppose Jesus Christ because they don't they don't know his full background. This is kind of off topic, but yeah, they don't know his full background. They don't know that he's like from the worst of the worst from the slums and he still showed love in that way. They see whenever somebody speaks about Jesus, they just see this. Uh, I feel like other people tend to get this whole, oh, just this well, he was perfect, but just this uh, perfect. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Perfect. Uh, egocentral. Uh, I don't know what I'm trying. Egocentric. To say right now. Yeah, egocentric. Yeah, this perfect egocentric guy. It walks around boasting and like, yes, I am the savior and and this this and that and, you know. Well, like I said, that's a little bit off topic, but I think that's no, no, that I don't think it's off topic at all. Like, yeah, I think there's a lot of different profiles of Jesus um, that people think of whenever people reference Jesus or say they're Christian. It's like, oh, so you believe in a tiny little baby Jesus that rules the world. Okay. Or someone says, hey, I'm a Christian. And you think, oh, you believe in an old white haired man who's really frail, but he rules the universe. Or oh, he's like a god who created the world, and that's cool, but he doesn't really do anything anymore. He just, like, sits on his throne. That kind of deist mindset. But, yeah, I think there's a lot of different versions of God that 
ideas that people have because it's easy, like later in John chapter nine, easy to be able to see, to have visible sight or physical sight, but still be blind. Because the Pharisees, they were, they were able to see the man who was healed wasn't able to see his entire life, but the Pharisees were still blind to the Messiah that was standing right in front of them because they weren't endeavoring to understand him. See, they were so, you know, I watched the the season, The Chosen. They were so stuck on the word of, uh, well, this is, this is a huge paradox right here. You ready for this? Yeah. What is it? So Nicodemus, right? Nicodemus, the Pharisee, the only one that like uh, seemed to take the side of Jesus while he was there. And the other Pharisees, see, their problem was they were so stuck on the word of God what was already written and like fulfilled and what was supposed to be fulfilled by the prophets that they they just completely shut out who they were serving like they were basically serving uh they were serving an old god not looking towards uh uh like uh what's the word i'm looking for like the revelation of god through jesus basically Yes, they were looking. They were serving an old god in some sort of like way that God could only do this and He couldn't do that. And an old god, and they weren't serving a god that can bring things new. That's mm-hmm. that's what that's what that whole issue was. And uh, there was a there was a scene on there, and Nicodemus he was confronting one of his uh his disciples that was opposing Jesus Christ. And he said, so why can't we, why can't we keep the word? He said something like, why can't we keep the word and still keep our eyes peeled for what new things God will do for us? Hang on. I can go to a verse on. There's actually that's really good. Yeah, that's a huge paradox right there. It's like he says, follow the written commandments. See, this is just the God we serve. He, He's so complex and so fluctuating and. You know, mm-hmm. like he he created the universe, and it, literally what I'm saying is he he can do anything. All right. Yeah. He can do anything, and we that's like you they you tend to set boundaries on them whenever mm-hmm. you. I think it's really easy. Uh, you got to like also understand context, and it helps you better understand the situation that. Um, everyone back then was in like I think it's really easy to think back like oh all those Pharisees were pretty stupid like this is the Messiah performing miracles how could they not believe him but then you think back these people had devoted their entire lives probably like 40 years to 30 to 40 years to studying the Old Testament and basically memorizing it and going okay like we got to follow all these rules to please god and stuff like that yeah to basically protect his people and then this kind of it's almost like a youth movement like all these young guys come and go hey this new thing is happening and they're like hold up hold up hold up hold up we just spent our whole life studying this we know way more than all these little youngsters like you can't just come over here and tell us that Something new is happening. Um, Even though it was being foretold all the time throughout the Old Testament. 
I think also one like uh, I totally want to hear what you're about to say. I was just going to mention one last thing. Um, they thought the Messiah was going to come in some big way. Like they did not. I don't think they expected God to completely flip their mindset of, hey, I can change the entire world from this tiny little city of Bethlehem. But okay, yeah, uh, what were you going to say? Just, you know, I think people, we should just take a moment to just appreciate that fact. Like, literally, God saw that we weren't uh, abiding abiding by his, uh, his word, what was written. So he was literally like, let me come down in a flesh and show them, mm-hmm. you know, so they may not be distracted from me and continue to put their eyes on me. Mm-hmm. And that's that's crazy when you think about it, how loving and caring and nourishing a God has to be to do that for his people. Mm-hmm. The ultimate plan that he knew all along would end up having to happen, like creates the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. And says, hey, just don't do this. And knows it's going to happen. And then says, okay, well, I'll separate y'all. But I'll give you all these rules so that you can follow me and and please me. Um, And he knows it's still not going to happen. And they're going to break him. And so then he ends up sending his son. It's all, yeah, it's just a beautiful kind of like love story of God just saying, hey, I don't want robots. Yeah, you know what it is? It's the, oh, the overwhelming, <laughs> never-ending, <laughs> reckless love. That's reckless love right there. Dude. Literally, that's like, you, you're you getting, that's, we're basically God's crush, right? That's a way and to we're put constantly, it. <laughs> and we're constantly rejecting him. And telling him to pack it up and get out of here. But he comes back again. And this time, the first time he came with uh, roses, the next time he coming with, I don't know, a hot tub and a mansion or whatever, whatever you're, whatever would make you happy. I don't know. That was kind of weird. But... <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I think he just keeps coming back after we reject him. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool how we start this conversation with how can God possibly love people if he puts them like through horrible situations. And then after just a little bit of diving in to the character of God and a little bit of understanding, like things that we read the Pharisees weren't willing to do because they wanted to hold on to those old beliefs. Just after a little bit of understanding, you begin to see, wait, it's not how could God make man so miserable it's how can man keep rejecting a god that's so loving literally every time that's crazy yo how many people how many times could your crush reject you before you give up i i give it like two times yo but god god will come back if you reject him a million times it's crazy It's crazy. It is pretty, pretty beautiful. Um, If y'all want to keep discussing this concept of God just having this never-ending love, um, we'd love to keep talking about it with y'all. 
Um, and then if you guys have any other paradoxes that we can just all dive into deeper, um, getting a better understanding of God and the life that he's created for us, please reach out to us. Uh, we love discussions like that. Um, if you guys want to contact us, you can reach us at our Instagram page, Revely Revival. Um, you can also leave us messages on our anchor page. Um, and is the link still on the Instagram page for that? Uh, yeah. No, the Spotify one is up there. Spotify. Uh, you can reach our podcast through Spotify. Um, if you want to leave us a message, just like DM us through Instagram. Uh, we'll get that link out to you and, and we can talk on that uh, on the podcast. That'd be so cool. Um, if you have any episode ideas whatsoever, please reach out to us. We'd love to to kind of model this based on what y'all want. Right, Bob? Yep, indeed, indeed. So, yeah, guys, it's been a fantastic time talking with y'all. Can't wait to talk with y'all again and hope y'all have a fantastic week. Peace. Peace.